Hey, Linda. Hey, Wendy. Really excited to be joining you and our listeners for this conversation in our podcast, Being the Change. Me too. It's our opportunity to have conversations with a variety of guests around topics that inspire us to be the change we want to see in the world. In fact, this first season, very timely, we're going to be talking about this question, what the heck is going on in education? Well said, my friend. And really, um, an appropriate conversation to be having right now with everything that's been confronting educators. So I'm excited to explore that a little bit further. We are a social worker and a counselor coming to you from the district mental health team in Pasco County Schools in Florida. So today we are talking to Todd Clough, who has served in several levels of the education system for over 30 years. Wendy, we both know Todd. He's been a teacher, an assistant principal, a principal, coordinator of professional development for a large district, and an assistant superintendent. Yeah, he really makes me feel like I've been lazy in my career. (laughs) Todd is retired now from Pasco County Schools, and with all of his wisdom, he continues to mentor college students as they prepare to enter the workforce as educators. Um, He also works with different school districts around the nation to positively impact public education. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him. Very excited to welcome Mr. Todd Clough. Thank you for joining us today, Todd. I am excited to be here. Well, we are excited to be pulling you out of retirement for this chat. (laughs) This is retirement. (laughs) Being able to continue to talk about these things is awesome. Oh, thank you. So we have some questions and some some chat that we want to engage in today to better understand really not only what the heck is going on in education, but what has been going on in the educational system over time? And so even before the pandemic, which we talked about in our first couple of episodes, right. we um, the educational system has experienced some pretty big shifts over the last 20, 30 years, somewhere in there. And this is true from the federal level back with No Child Left Behind and subsequent legislation. So how do you see these large legal mandates affecting the world of education for educators on the ground? Yeah. Um, well, and, I, and first of all, can I qualify that I'm not an expert? I'm only sharing from my journey that, uh, and it's been a pretty wild journey, but I don't um, think that I know all the answers, but some of the things I'm learning along the way or I've learned is that obviously there's been big changes in the last um, like you said, the last few decades. But it's if you think about it, I thought about it the other day. I was like, we really go back. I mean, think about when compulsory education came around and the impact of, and then all of a sudden we're desegregation. And 
how the impact, we talk about that a lot on society, but I think about it from the aspect of like educators. Like there were, we are at the mercy of implementing what our society wants, right? So when our, and, and the problem is like not everyone agrees. So when some of those mandates that you're talking about now, they, there's something I learned um, back that, that it has stuck with me and I say it over and over, which is intent versus impact, right? This idea, like when I would talk with my teachers, if there was a problem and I would say, I'm not questioning your intent. I just want to talk about the impact because this parent's angry and I don't think that was probably your intent. So what do we do about it, right? And I think that there's a lot of probably positive intents that were out there for some of these things that were passed. And then we, in education, have to make them happen. And we're doing it with people who are in a field that we kind of assume might stay the same. But now it's dramatically changing. And I feel like we're almost like the kids in a contentious public divorce where everyone is arguing about what we should be doing or what we, and meanwhile, we're sitting in the trenches, right? And trying to just make it happen and say, how do we just continue to do with why we got into this and why we find this an important part of our society while also keeping up with all those mandates or those changes that we've been given. So I, I see it and, you know, I see it back in the nineties that was with the accountability and it makes sense on one level, right? The intent is probably to say, we want to make sure that we're taking these public funds in order to meet this public purpose that we're doing it, which isn't a bad thing, but the impact it, that came from trying to find a system to do that, you know, with testing and we see that shift. I think those are the pieces that have been an incredible tumultuous journey for those of us who are in the trenches, just trying to do the job. But I'm finding that it's easier when we just recognize that's the norm rather than either we either enroll with changes and see how does it does it still align or does it uh is it a deal breaker you know and i think it's healthy also to set your boundaries and say i don't if there's something i these mandates like we never had standards when i started <laughs> let alone tests you know but when all of these things that we have now there's the reality the political reality that's out there of why we do this but then there's the impact about what is happening to our students and to ourselves. And I see over and over in my career, I've just seen so many people who as humans have been overwhelmed with feeling stuck because things are different and they don't know what to do. Like, and then feeling inadequate, maybe it's something that they originally, they felt good at, you know? So I think it's uh, I think it's always been there, and it's. Uh, but I I look back and I think, man, I I wonder how many people wrestled through all those radical things that were going on. We look at it from the kids' perspective or the population's perspective, but internally, there's had to have been people who were saying, why uh, why do we have to do this? You know, why is this important? And they just struggle, and we still it's going to be there. I work with interns, and one of the things I say. I love that they're getting into education, but I'm like, you will, I wish somebody when I got into this would have t 
told me how important it is to just be flexible and understand that how do we hold your values of who you are and why you got into this while also trying to adapt to the expectations that are now put on the role, the job. That would have been a lot less painful for me to fight resistance at, at first, but it's always going to be there. So that's our career. And, and it's going to be, so if you can roll with that, that's awesome, right? <laughs> then you're getting into the right career. But for those of us that didn't get into it for that reason, or didn't have that as a need at the time, like it's been, it's been challenging, but not, you know, not something we can't do, but we, uh, anyway. Well, do you see that affecting satisfaction though? Cause I know like even going back, you were saying going back to even um, desegregation right. and the impact that had on education and educators and students. And, but still, if you look at the research that shows we've seen the biggest shifts in satisfaction and uh, lack of enrollment in um, education programs within the past decade, that's where we've seen sort of teacher satisfaction, uh, teacher, kids wanting to become teachers has taken the biggest hit in the past decade, yeah. which seems to correlate more with less with some of those movements like desegregation and other societal adjustments and more due to the politicization of- Or what's actually required of the job, yes, right? right? Suddenly we're collecting data and having to help others feel comfortable that we're doing our job, right? That's yes. never been a part of our work in education over the years. And so accountability of that nature is flawed in the sense that it's not, it probably doesn't produce the bigger results that we want, which is really just to improve the system as a whole. And hopefully that would improve the social emotional needs of, you know, but it does get one metric stronger. Right. And so we say, oh, well now we're, and if that's not the metric you're in, and that's the metric that's being pushed down from wherever, from it could be from the federal level, state level, but also at the district level or school level, even your principal, like that kind of pressure about what's important can totally derail you from feeling like that your job has the value that you thought it would be. Right, or the creativity, really. Sorry, were you gonna say something? Well, it seems like sometimes you take that data model and it's like put, taking a business model and putting it over education. And then when teacher pay gets tied to that, I understand the motivation, but what is the message there? I feel like I'm a politician. <laughs> like, am I defending something? Like I thought I was just, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. What is the message there? <laughs> I guess the message there is that, I mean, the message that's unfortunately sent is that it's all, it's, it's, it's about certain measures to, that people will feel comfortable with. Um, and the message is that your humanity and what you bring to your craft is somehow devalued and somehow we want to, I mean, it, it's natural. I mean, it makes sense. I, it, it, again, a, intent versus impact, right? I don't think anybody sat down and said, ha ha, we're gonna make teachers miserable. I mean, I do think that they just came from this angle of 
wait a minute, we're going to have to hold them accountable. Oh, in order to hold them accountable, we have to get some data. In order to get some data, we got to have some tests. And in order to, and then in order to have this test, now all of a sudden we're going to put consequences. And then meanwhile, the schools are like, oh, and we're going to punish you if you don't do well. And so that was when I got my master's degree in 95. My assistant principal was just promoted to principal. And it was right at the height of um, the whole accountability and school grading. And I watched the shift, and not in him in particular, but I just saw it in general, in leaders where it seemed to be less about the kids and it was more about the pressure. And this is in another district. It wasn't here. But I just sit there and I think about that, like, how do we not let that change who we are? But we just recognize, okay, they're having this. And if we need kids to do better, then yes, we need to find ways to make do better. Like, that doesn't mean we have to make them into robots, you know, but are there people who are successful in doing that? And are we seeing systems and support ways that that happens? We do see it out there, but unfortunately, most of us don't know how to do it. We have to be learners and now we're accountable from it happening, you know? So the job satisfaction just goes out the door because we're trying to do and meet a need that is no longer valued. Well, and I, I in, in addition to that, I think we meet the need, but we take away the autonomy for how we meet the need. Oh. So here's the standard, here's this expectation, and we want you to differentiate your instruction. We want you to tailor your lesson plans for each individual student, but we're going to handcuff you to this specific structured curriculum that you have to follow at right. this pace right. at, through this strategic you know, process. And so any creativity that you had as a teacher to be able to, to meet that need, right. now it's less, you're less and less able to do that. And, and, I, and you can't help but think, Intent versus impact, right? They probably, probably their intent was, somebody's intent was, we want these really good practices done and we know people struggle. And so if we put, and so there's this idea like this will get us to an end, but then the impact is you basically have removed, there are things that will get you, but this isn't the only path, you know, like why do we have to all take that path? Because we have some evidence that that one works better than this one. But that's hard when you get to, into a system and when you get the larger, you start to have to try to systemize things to, to make up for like, you know, the, the size itself. Whereas when you're smaller and you, like, I, that's why I love being a school-based is I get, I had a lot more autonomy to be able to say, okay, let's be creative then. Like if you have intentionally, intentionality and wanting to do something, then that actually will go way further, even if it's not even probably going to work. At least it's going to have a, probably a better output at times. However, if you don't have that, if you've lost your, your feel or you have people who are like, make it easy, give me the, give me the script. Right. And then I won't even feel accountable for it. Right. And then it's like, and then, so you have that dichotomy where you, we, we want to bring back that piece that why do we get into this? And yet we're also, how do we deal with the system we're in? And do I, and, and, and we're not stuck, right? That, that's the piece I see over and over is the unhappiness factor where people feel stuck. 
Right. Did you, when you made the, cause you were an educator and then a principal and a administrator and then a superintendent did, when you were, had moved up into the assistant superintendent position, did you, did your perspective change on some of those systemic pieces? Huge. Yeah. yeah. I was the reluctant leader. I did not pursue this job. And when I went to my colleagues and said, why do you think I would, they would even, it was that idea of changing the Northwest we had, and we were looking at a K-12 model, and we were like look, removing some of those barriers and had the team and all. So that challenge was exciting, but having all Title I schools that were there and getting up there and realizing all the theory you hear about when it comes to poverty and the impact of poverty and the idea of situational poverty and generational poverty and rural poverty and uh, all, and that's just poverty like that doesn't even include all the other diverse issues that are going on that are in that are impacting schools it was eye opening because what i we we saw was our society is what's broken but we want to keep blaming the schools you know we and yet we're just trying to what do we do with a society that's coming on our campuses that we haven't always been prepared for or, and yet that is the reality, right? It's, that's the who moved my cheese. We can't sit in our maze and say, bring back my cheese when it's not there anymore. And so I think that opened my eyes to a huge impact, but then also seeing the political disparity that goes along with that and how it impacts our school. So, wow. Um, we're going to go ahead and pause this conversation right now, Wendy, but I know we're in the middle of a really good conversation with Todd Clough. Um, we will continue in our next segment um, of this episode, but for right now, I just want to say there's a lot in this conversation, a lot of things that we maybe think about. Maybe we read an article here and there, um, but we're, we're actually talking about it, and it feels very validating. Yeah, I agree. I, I, one of the, I was trying to take um, some notes while he was talking on just some of the, the main points that really resonated yeah. with me. Um, and even not even just resonated with me, but kind of reminded me of our previous conversation with Dr. Tuntia. Mm. Um, specifically, he made a comment about, like, the education system sort of connecting the value and worth of the educator with the outcomes that they produce. And, and really it's, it's so much more than that. And that kind of reminded me of when we talked to Dr. Tuntia and she was talking about the value of the human being being so much more than one aspect of who they are. Yeah, I think there are pros and cons to all of these um, steps towards standardization, those shifts in the education system that we talked about with Todd. And one of those things is this, he highlighted this difference between the intention behind something and the impact and that's exactly what, as you're saying that, that I'm thinking about, because the intention is not to make the educator feel bad, but that is one of the ways that it impacts um, the work that we do in education. Yeah, I thought that comment that he made about um, in, in, uh, intention versus impact, that's really a poignant thing when yeah. you think about, like, across the board in um, interactions and relationships, 
between humans. You know, there's intention and then there's impact. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so really the, cool. The idea also that we're not stuck. So even if we're feeling an impact of these shifts, to have that flexibility and to choose why we're in education, to flow with that consciously rather than feeling like we're just kind of getting we're we're getting taken away in a direction that we don't understand or we're not choosing yeah i I think he referred to it as like chasing the metric Mm. you know so totally agree um i'm looking forward to where we pick up this conversation uh next time because um i we we kind of get into um, the rest of that story, you know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you kind of get to see Todd's heart and, yeah. you know, his purpose in education. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, agreed. This is Linda Hughes. This is Wendy Belfield. Sending you our gratitude for being the change that's needed in our world. And wishing you a healthy mind and a happy heart. Like and subscribe.